This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Enterprise Biz Bites. My name is Rich Bradbury, and I'm joined in the studio by... The Evervescent Russian Kennison. The Evervescent! That's the mood I'm in this morning, Rich. Wow! Woke up with a, For a Monday as well. headache. Oh, no. And uh, so now everything is Evervescent. Okay, why, why the headache? What were you doing over the weekend, Broshan? Nothing. Nothing. Wedding planning. Wedding planning. <laughs> That's where the headache comes from then, is yes, it? Yes, a giant spreadsheet okay. full of guest names and guest lists and colours and uh-huh. invitations and all of that. Spreadsheets and whiteboards. Actually, and I enjoyed the, the spreadsheet part. Of um, course you It do. was just, it, you, know, you, know, you know, parliamentary discussions, seat allocations. That's uh-huh. what it felt like. Oh, that bad. No, no, it wasn't bad. It was just very detailed. Okay, very detailed. Well, that's how you've got it to be, It was fun. Right? It yeah. was fun. Okay. Uh, so we've both been on air this morning. I, I was on doing OFB earlier on this morning. Of course, you were just on with uh, Jeevan a little bit. Uh, and of course, it is Monday. It's the 3rd of July. Uh, the some best people, day of the week. Yeah, well, for some people. Some Sell people, it, Rich. Some Sell people it. had a nice long weekend, of course. <laughs> uh, and they're finally getting back into the office uh, today. Uh, and of course, uh, one of those things that we want to discuss today is uh, something we've kind of been mm. discussing on and off for the past couple of weeks, a uh, couple of months. Some might say the past couple of years, even. Uh, when some it comes might say to, forever. Yeah, uh, and it's about upskilling. Um, and um, the title of today's show, whether you like it or not, is Upskill or Out the 4.5 Million Job Challenge. Do you like that? Very clever, not, Rich. Not Nicely that. done. Good now, copy right there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So recent reports have revealed a bit of a startling prediction. As many as 4.5 million Malaysians could be out of work by 2030 if they don't upskill or reskill. And this um, startling forecast arises from the increased use of uh, artificial intelligence across a variety of sectors, from manufacturing to healthcare and even into customer service. So that's what we're talking about today. If you have an opinion on this and you want to get involved, get us via our U-Mobile WhatsApp number. It is 018-789-8899. You can also get us on Twitter. We are at BFM Radio. Now, this whole thing is uh, 4.5 million people risk losing their jobs by 2030 if they don't adapt to rapid changes brought on by AI. Now, we already know it's being used to automate tasks in sectors as varied as manufacturing, as healthcare, customer service, and the impact on the job market could be quite significant. Yeah. Uh, there are some reports saying that <clears throat> we could be looking at 50% of workers that will need to retrain within the next few years to remain employed. Uh, this is a wake-up call that the fourth industrial revolution is here and we need to transform our national workforce into a skilled one to remain relevant. Now, there's not all doom and gloom, Rich. Uh, last week, we did see statements from the yeah. minister, and human I put resource that, minister. I put that in there because I know you're not a fan of doom and gloom and all things, you know, Well, you know, I just wanted to make things a bit positive for you on a Monday. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you because of me, we are now going to have a positive story. That's right. All right, great. Let's see how this (laughs) plays out. So last week, Human Resources Minister Visivakumar was, I think, at an event when he brought these numbers and that the government would be allocating funds towards Mm. addressing this issue, right? Uh, And that, uh, highlighting that emerging jobs can eventually be combined with new tech and they need to improve skills um, so that are no longer, you know, that may be not as relevant Mm. to ones that are more relevant and can lead to career advancement or change. So it's not just, it is about survival in the job market, but also how, you know, we can get employees to look at new venues, uh, ventures as well. Yeah. So the government 
isn't standing by idly. The Skill Development Fund Corporation, in collaboration with uh, Talent Corp Malaysia, has launched the Industry Driven Talent Acceleration Program, or IDTAP, which aims to improve skills and retrain around 900 workers based on the industry needs. They've allocated 7.2 million ringgit to equip workers with knowledge and skills required by industries like uh, mechatronics, electrical, electrical uh, electronic engineering, data analysis, and information technology. So I guess the question here is, how do we navigate this seismic shift in the job market? And to help us unravel this complex issue, we're joined by Michelle Sagan, a leading authority on the future of work. She's going to help us get into the things that, you know, skills that are, will be in demand looking forward, how workers and businesses can prepare for this transition, and how initiatives like this, are imp- like the IDTAP, are important to build a more resilient workforce in the future. Right. Michelle, thank you very much for joining us today. How are you feeling? Wonderful. Effervescent. Okay. Effervescent. <laughs> Effervescent, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, just a broad question to mm-hmm. you. Uh, no pressure. Um, the statement, as many as 4.5 million Malaysians are likely to lose their jobs by 2030 if they do not improve their skills or attend reskilling and upskilling programs with the rise of AI. How? This is like such a broad question, but... How do we as a nation start to address and deal with this issue, would you say? I think, first of all, we have to consider exactly what this means um, in terms of displacement. Mm. So, for example, when we're saying that... um, they're going to take over our jobs. Is it really machines versus robots? Uh, I mean, machines versus humans and robots versus humans, or is it something else, mm. right? Um, and in a lot of ways, we we can actually consider it a collaboration, right? And so in that sense, it can be a human-machine collaboration. So when we're saying we're losing 4.5 million jobs, we're actually also seeing a net positive because within that time, Um, despite losing 4.5 million jobs, we might see 3.6 million jobs increase in technology in Malaysia um, and potentially more than that as well by 2030. Mm. So the net um, positive overall, actually. Right. So, Michelle, uh, the government's putting aside 7.2 million ringgit uh, to help as part of their initiative to help workers reskill and uptrain. Uh, but in your view, um, you know, he, the government was noting that there are a few industries that could be impacted by this, that could change, mechatronics, electrical engineering, that sort of thing. Uh, but in your view, from your expertise and your work with the future of work, what industries do you think will be most impacted by the changing dynamics that we're seeing? I think it will be pervasive across the board Mm. um, in the sense that, well, it depends really on how fast we adopt it in Malaysia. So at the moment, even globally, right, even though there's a lot of dire predictions about AI taking over our jobs, we've only actually seen a 1% shift from 2020 Mm. on the amount of automation and AI that's being used. I mean, of course, the acceleration and pace of change is moving tremendously fast um, with the amount of um, investment being put in it. But at the same time, when we say that um, the future is here, but it's just not evenly distributed. We're also saying that in a lot of different industries, um, the adoption of AI is actually pretty low still, mm. right? But there are, of course, certain industries where it will have significant impact. And that actually would include everything from healthcare to banking and finance. Um, you're looking at insurance, um, the insurance industry shifting. You're looking at even you know roles such as sales, marketing, HR roles even. Mm. Um, and of course, you know, um, agriculture, 
um, technology itself, right? Even coders are being taken over by yeah. AI coders, right? Yeah. So it's very pervasive, but at the same time, how much of it is really being adopted? That's the other question. Mm. Okay, uh, let's take a short break here, Michelle. Um, we are talking about the future of work and uh, this idea of upskilling or out, this 4.5 million job challenge, uh, because recent reports have revealed a startling prediction. As many as 4.5 million Malaysians could be out of work by 2030 if they don't upskill or reskill. Uh, this is uh, because of the forecast uh, of the increasing use of AI across a variety of sectors. With us here in the studio is Michelle Sagan, the director of the Asia School of Business. We'll be back in just a few moments, but we've got some music coming up for you. It is Ocean Colour Seed here with... 100 Mile High City. There we go. Built by robots. Here on BFM 89.9. Bring forth Malaysia. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Welcome back to Enterprise Biz Bites. My name is Rich Bradbury. I'm joining the studio by the effervescent Roshan Gannison. I'm glad that's catching uh-huh. on. And of course, uh, joining us here in the studio is Michelle Sagan, the director of the Asia School of Business, uh, where we are speaking about um, upskilling or not the 4.5 million job challenge, because recent reports have revealed a startling prediction. Uh, as many as 4.5 million Malaysians could be out of work by 2030 if they don't upskill or reskill. Something me and Matt have been speaking regularly about on Matt's plane, of course. His show is, in fact, written by AI most of the time. Maybe Matt's an AI. He is a bit of an AI. I actually no, met no, him. no, not a bit. Uh, yeah, he is. I met him for lunch yesterday, so he is. There is flesh there, you know. Oh my! You mean they've turned them into robots? Th- that's right. That's right. Uh, we're getting a little scary and a, a little bit kind of <laughs> off on a tangent here. But anyway, um, if you have anything to uh, add to the conversation, uh, our U Mobile WhatsApp number is zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. And of course, we are on Twitter at BFM Radio. Feel free to jump in and help out with any of the questions. Now, uh, Michelle, um, just before the break, uh, Roshan was asking you about um, some of the industries mm-hmm. that would be most affected, but. Money is one of those things that's just part of the equation. Uh, in your mind, what, what else do you think we need to be doing uh, and looking into, considering we're trying to address this rising concern of job losses? Uh, what else should we be looking at? Well, I think, first of all, uh, we have as a nation um, and also uh, between p- uh, public and private collaborations, we need to consider the impact of AI uh, in the sense that you know, a lot of times there is actually a fear mm-hmm. of AI and a fear of robots, right? For there's, sure. Yeah. There's actually a lot of uh, valid assessments out there which can test this. Um, but a lot of the assessments actually and a lot of research has shown that people are not, although there's this fear of it taking over, they're actually interested in seeing how it can augment um a lot of the tasks that we do, right? Mm. From decision-making to speeding up things to providing more flexibility, mm-hmm. etc. right? Mm. So I think one of the most important things, apart from throwing money at it, is to just change the mindset about how people perceive AI and the fear that comes with it. Right. So in that sense, it's about saying, you know, for the government, for leadership in corporates to say, look, it's going to happen anyway. Yeah. Uh, we can't run away from it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the pace is going to you know quicken significantly with um, quantum computing coming in. Yeah. You know, with humanoids. I think, <laughs> as you mentioned, one of your colleagues earlier, <laughs> he might be one already, but you just can't tell, the right? <laughs> and you know, and all these kind of things, right? Um, so it's going to happen. 
Anyway, so how do we ensure that the people feel secure and safe and that risks are managed around this change, mm. right? Do you think, I mean, I, I briefly mentioned it to you outside mm. as well. I mean, that headline, when I first read it, I, mm. I thought was quite alarmist, mm. you know, and I, mm. I thought it was a little bit scary. If you were just reading that, as any layman kind of white-collar worker, you, mm. you might be a little bit fearful. Do, do you think it's as simple as just like maybe... I don't know, softening that headline a little bit and starting perhaps talking to kids and, uh, and university students you know, about how this isn't something that's going to come in and immediately you, your job is finished, your degree is useless. You know, and having that discussion about, like uh, you mentioned, how you could augment your work. Absolutely. So instead of saying maybe um, you know, we're losing 4.5 million jobs, we can actually say... 6 million jobs will be created in the AI space, right, right? by yeah. 2030. Yeah. And this just means that there's going to be a shift in skills yeah. um, in the way that you know we look at what we uh, want to educate our um, students in from young um, up to reskilling for um, adult workers, right? Um, and I think the other important thing as well is to consider um, the fact of you know, the matter that we actually have a responsibility, responsibility right, as a nation mm. and um, in the corporate, of course, in the private sector um, as uh, leaders to decide how much of AI we want to adopt to responsibly protect our people as well. Right. So we need to think, you know, so there's always this uh, dichotomy or this tension or paradox. This pull and push. Yes, mm. right, between wanting to be agile and, you know, manage the disruption that's happening around the world with tech and AI. But at the same time, we also need to consider, you know, our um, UN SDGs, right, sustainability, a resilient workforce, mm -hmm. right? So, um so how do we ensure a resilient workforce by upskilling our people and ensuring that these 6 million jobs um, are created while at the same time managing the, the fallout of the 4.5? So that means that actually the 4.5 can be redirected to the 6 million. Right. Yeah. And Michelle, that's being the targeting for that is using upskilling and reskilling. But mm. you know there is a limitation to that, right? You can't be expecting a forty-year-old to be reskilled and to tap into AI skills, for example. So considering these limitations, uh, what other limitations are we looking at when we are looking at upskilling and reskilling to address this issue? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Roshan. So an aging workforce, we're looking at that as well. One in four um, of our employees, our work, our productive uh, workforce is going to be above the age of 60 by 2030, right? Mm. So what we're saying is that, you know, um, the with this aging workforce, are we going to reskill them in AI? Um, perhaps, but at the same time, are we just only focusing in the tech and hard reskilling that needs to be done. I think a lot of the upskilling will be required in other areas. For example, analytical thinking, creativity, mm -hmm. innovation, problem solving. You know, what we always say is as much as we digitize, we must humanize, right? Because, oh, I like that. Yeah, I mean, that's my favourite quote. Actually, yeah. I think I created it. Oh, Wait, very nice. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, in the sense that, you know, we have all these uh, tech skills which we need to build, but we also need to build all these human skills that the tech, uh, you know, technology does not have, right? Like emotional intelligence, um, you know, problem-solving skills, not in the sense of your normal problem-solving, mm. like, you know, data crunching, but like if you have a very complex situation that has um, a lot of different stakeholders who are real human beings who need to solve real issues, then how do we bring that um, that human um, 
ability to process information in that complex way into it, right? Mm. Um, so all these different things, creativity is not, I mean, of course, we have AI creating a lot of beautiful art nowadays, but at the same time, you know, creativity and innovation are not the same thing. Right, And so how do we ensure that we bring all the soft skills required to manage AI into the picture? Right. right. Uh, so uh, as, and as we, we know, we, we are quickly striving to address a lot of this. But um, do you think there's a, uh, there should be importance placed on the idea of like not climbing the wrong ladder? You know, uh, and what should the government and perhaps the private sector? I'm not obviously you're not a policymaker, but what should the government and the private? I guess private sector most what we focus on right now be watching so that they avoid you know potential missteps because this is the first time something like well it's not the first time technology has been adopted like this, but it's the first time AI has been adopted like this, and so the, there's not really any benchmarks to kind of look around and and you know take ideas from, is there? Yeah, well, I think legislation is important. Um, regulating AI use, um, we're looking at a lot of misuse of it. Mm. Um, I know that the EU has are in, are putting in the AI Act, right? Um, which they hope to to have in place um, this year in the US. Similarly, you know, I think in Malaysia too, we have to consider how we're going to regulate AI use. Um, but on top of that, I think um, we need to start thinking of how we introduce AI into. Um, our businesses or our organizations in a way that's fair and just to our mm. our people, right? So if before we were only looking at um, shareholder value, we're now looking at stakeholder value. Um, and if we're looking at quadruple bottom lines of people, profit, planet and purpose, we need to look after our people as well. So that means that our CHRO will now need to be a CHRO plus machine, Right. Right. So CHRMO, for example, and to consider how the collaboration between human and machines will work mm-hmm. without displacing too many people with, while managing um, to sustain a resilient workforce. Mm. Right. So I think um, the value needs to be not just in AI will add to the profit of an organization, but how will AI support um, social um, goals as well. Right. Um, we, as part of our ESG. Mm-hmm. I think that's also a key. Okay. Um, now, from your experience, mm-hmm. uh, Michelle, we've talked a lot about what it could look like, some of the concerns you have and how we should be looking to address it. But, you know, what are some of the common mistakes that you've seen, uh, whether it's policymakers, private companies, that sort of thing, make when they're trying to reskill or upskill their workforce? Because sometimes it's like, let's just throw money at the problem and it will fix itself. But often not, that's not the case. Yeah, I think creating buy-in in the first place is very important and that's what's missing. Um, you can send a lot of people for training, but if they haven't bought into it, if they don't understand the real why of change, the real purpose of change, and that is fundamentally why a lot of training fails. And it's not just to do with AI training or any you know mm. tech training. It's any training in general, right? Learning and development requires people to buy into why they need to grow and uh, be developed. You know, And people, of course, you know, career progression is one of the key reasons why people stay loyal within an organization. Um, and of course, upskilling uh, and L&D is very, very important to them. But they need to know why they're being um, sent to this course, for example, on AI technology, 
because if not, they'll just feel like perhaps they're, they're becoming punished. redundant. Correct. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think <laughs> true. Punish. Um, the the problem with um, not thinking about the human side or human not being human centric when considering AI is first of all AI can rob you of autonomy. Mm. Second of all, you know, it can uh, rob your identity of you know you you feel like um, your boss is now a robot and therefore who are you mm. right? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, it it can be disempowering right because you feel like you know you you you're you're no longer in charge and AI is making the decisions mm. for you. You know, but the thing with AI, I think um, we, we need to help people understand is that AI can give you the data, it can give you the information, but human beings at the end of the day have the knowledge, the wisdom and the experience, mm. right, to use that data responsibly and to be able to apply it, you know, um, within the business in a way that makes sense, right? Sense making is a very key skill um, in the future of work and so is, um, you know, foresight and future thinking. So AI, we can create, we, we are the creators of AI, therefore we should be the ones who also manage its use, right, mm. responsibly. So, if I was to ask you, in an ideal world, what the future of upskilling and reskilling looked like, what? Give me an example that you would say it is. First of all, I think um, even before we think about reskilling and upskilling, we need feedback loops within an organization to say, um, you know, from the people's perspective, right? How should we actually? responsibly implement AI, right? right. In a sense of even um, protecting those 4.5 million jobs. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, when we are thinking of reskilling and upskilling, how much of that work, you know, so jobs, actually only 5% can be technically replaced by AI, but up to 20 to 40% of tasks can be replaced by AI, right? So how much of that task um, do people want to, to give away to AI, right? Mm. And, we're and when not, you say people, you mean? I mean, um, employees, organizations, they have a responsibility to choose, yeah. right? Because, I mean, you, you heard what um, um, has, you know, there's been so much misuse of it. Yeah. So until we understand its true impact, we should also, uh, ha you know, think about it uh, very, uh, in a very analytical analytical way to consider its impact on the entire organization. So, how many how many percent do we actually want um, to introduce of AI adoption within the company, rather than just saying, "Oh, let's just you know go after it" uh, without thinking of the consequences and impact it has on the people and the workforce. Mm. Michelle, is there anything else in particular um, that, you know, we've covered quite a few things here, but is there anything you would like to emphasize that we maybe haven't touched on? Well, you know, I really like the idea of the, um, of Society 5.0, right? Mm. So in that sense, right, mm. when we Society 5.0 are working, you know, an industry, so we're looking at IR 4.0, but actually IR 5.0 to me is a lot more interesting, you know, as someone who's interested in the future of work. And, in, um, in, and IR 5.0 is actually saying, look, we're not here to fear um, technology, we're here to collaborate um, and work with technology. And so Industry 5.0 actually says, how can we use technology to augment uh, you know, our needs as a, um, a human race, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's what um, Society 5.0 also um, seeks to as a purpose, right? Um, seeks to achieve, right? How do we take uh, and use technology and machines to create this better world, to create this better society where it's not, um, I would like to say, like, you know, robots taking over the world, but where we're using um, technology to support 
um, you know, human capabilities, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did have one uh, quick WhatsApp message that came through, Michelle, during that, that period uh, from number ending at 6514. I don't know if you can answer this. Uh, mm-hmm. It says, uh, Michelle, do you see an evolution within the workplace for companies or managers regarding the EQ being taken into consideration? Absolutely. So if you look at the World um, Economic Forum's report, um, interestingly, all the skills that needs to be upgraded, the soft skills are like analytical skills, creativity, emotional intelligence is updated. Tech skills actually um, is third, but you know it's actually behind analytical skills and creativity. And emotional intelligence is also updated in the top 10. And if we don't have... Um, the emotional intelligence to manage um, AI and to manage the fallout of it, like with people feeling displaced, you know, mm. or uh, disempowered or, feel, or fearing that um, AI taking its jobs, then, you know, we how are we going to manage um, this shift, this seismic shift, I would say. So therefore, we need um, leadership who's able to bring that emotional uh, intelligence and that maturity to the table mm. when making these decisions. Yep. Thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Okay, Roshan, what did you learn today? I learned a lot. I learned that we should be trying to meet in the middle between humanizing and digitizing. Why human? Well, being human is important. We should not be ignoring the fact that digitalization is here yeah. and the robots are not going to take over. <laughs> not yet. anytime soon, anyway, yep. at least. Uh, ask yeah. Matt this Friday. Ask Matt, ask Matt this weekend, yeah. Okay. That was a, a pleasure speaking with Michelle Sagan, of course. She's uh, one of the directors of the Asia School of Business. Now, um, if you missed any part of this show, uh, please go and download, uh, download the podcast. It will be up fairly shortly. Uh, look for Upskill or Out, the 4.5 million job challenge. Don't go anywhere, though, because coming up after the one o'clock news, it is, of course, the Breakfast Grill replay. My Digital Corporation uh, incorporated in 2021 as an agency and is tasked to monitor the progress of the Malaysian digital economy blueprint and the national 4IR policy, N4IR. Uh, they were on the Breakfast Grill this morning, Fabian Bigar, the CEO, uh, and the, he was talking about what they've been doing for the past three years, apparently. That's the description I'm reading out here anyway. Uh, so if you missed any so we'll, find out. we'll find out a little bit later after the one o'clock news. To take us up there, of course, we've got some ads and some music. A bit of Bon Jovi, we'll leave it on a prayer here uh, to take us up to the top of the No hour. messaging there. No messaging there at all. <laughs> Have yourselves a good remainder of Monday. We'll be back, of course, same time, same place tomorrow here on Enterprise Biz Bites, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, Download the BFM app.